Welcome to the Protoss Podcast. Today's date is Friday the 18th of June and you're listening to a weekly roundup of the most important stories from the past week as reported by us. Coming up, Tether's commercial paper controversy. Are criminals using Bitcoin for big ticket purchases? And the crusty crypto boat that just won't go away. First up, the long-awaited lineup of the Bitcoin Mining Council has been revealed, but a certain Twitter-loving techno-king has been left off the roster. If you hadn't guessed yet, we're talking about Elon Musk. Musk joined forces with MicroStrategy CEO Michael Saylor in May to announce the council and, quote, promote transparency, share best practices and educate the public on the benefits of Bitcoin and Bitcoin mining. According to a tweet from Sailor, all Bitcoin miners are free to join the council as long as they subscribe to the mandate just mentioned. The council will focus on Bitcoin energy usage and so the tweet says founding members will be fronting the costs for the first year. Mining firms like Argo, Riot and Galaxy Digital have all reportedly joined the BMC. However, it's not clear yet what they'll actually be doing, as a plan for the Bitcoin Mining Council is yet to see the light of day. The most obvious first port of call is getting Bitcoin miners to reveal where their electricity comes from, amidst accusations that Bitcoin's proof-of-work consensus is costing the earth. However, if the critics are to be believed, most Bitcoin mining happens in China, rendering the Bitcoin Mining Council pretty much powerless to affect it. So, as it happens, Elon might not be missing out on much. Next up, the mainstream media has been side-eyeing Tether, as CNBC's Jim Cramer and the Financial Times both took a closer look at the controversial stablecoin's commercial paper reserves. The price of the coin is tied to the US dollar, and in May, Tether said commercial paper backed up half of its market value. And if you're not sure what commercial paper is, don't worry, Protoss has got you. Commercial paper is a form of short-term debt issued by corporations and often graded and vetted by the SEC. Commercial paper issued by blue chip stocks is good. Debt from weaker companies is worse. Does that make sense? Good. Now, here's where it gets a bit tricky. Tether's supposed stash of commercial paper would amount to more than $40 billion. That's more than Google, Amazon and Apple, the tech giant holy trinity there. What's more, the major players in the commercial paper market say that they haven't crossed paths with Tether. Now, just because no one has seen them operating in the market doesn't mean that Tether isn't buying up commercial paper. The purchases could be made under a sister or shell corporation, which could go under the radar. Here's the thing, though. If Tether continues its growth trajectory, its market value will top $100 billion, meaning it will hold more than $50 billion in commercial paper, which would mean that it would hold more than, wait for it, J.P. Morgan Chase, the United States' largest bank. Obviously, that's a bit of a wild statement to make, but Bitfinex and Tether Chief Tech Officer Paolo Ardonio doesn't seem phased by mounting mainstream scepticism, at least not according to his tweets. No one in Wall Street known Tether, he tweets in a strange sentence case. He then replied to that tweet to correct his spelling mistake. On Wednesday, we focused on all things money laundering. As a National Crime Agency Deputy Director Nigel Leary told The Times, he's concerned about criminals buying fancy assets with Bitcoin to hide illicit gains. Anything purchased with crypto assets, I'd be slightly sceptical about, he said. I'd like to see why they're being done in that way, what the requirement is for that anonymity and why it needed to be done in a crypto transaction. 
The news followed reports that the UK's most expensive apartment, valued at £175 million, that's $246 million, could be sold for Bitcoin or Ethereum or even Fiat if you've got it. Owner Nick Candy is one half of sibling property unit Candy and Candy, which co-built the $2 billion One Hyde Park luxury apartment building in London. Candy's penthouse overlooks department store Harrods with Hyde Park at the rear. It boasts two floors, five bedrooms, a private cinema and a swimming pool. Let's just say it's larger than your standard UK home. And even mine for that point. Just to be crystal clear though, Leary didn't imply Candy nor his apartment's prospective buyers are criminals looking to launder cash. It was more in a general tone. Leary explained how luxury assets selling for Bitcoin isn't explicitly suspicious and conceded that swathes of the population use crypto legitimately. But in the absence of widespread effective regulation, Leary reckons that in some instances, crypto requires additional vetting. It's easier to defraud when it's all done remotely, he said. Leary also questioned the effectiveness of anti-money laundering and know-your-customer regulations currently imposed on crypto exchanges. Last year, Chainalysis found that most illicit Bitcoin is washed on exchange-run OTC desks. But it must be highlighted that analytics unit Chainalysis tied just 0.34% of all crypto activity in 2020 to criminals, equal to about $10 billion. That's down from 2.1% in 2019, about $21.4 billion. Chainalysis explained one reason for the drop was because overall economic activity nearly tripled between 2019 and 2020. So, on to Thursday and more boats, specifically the news that Satoshi, once the floating star of a crypto sea steeding experiment off the coast of Panama, is being relaunched as a regular cruise ship. The 30-year-old luxury liner, and we'll use the word luxury in its loosest possible sense, was consigned to the scrap heap after Bitcoin enthusiasts found it impossible to ensure what they hoped would be an independent crypto nation at sea. Now, however, the UK's first new cruise line in over a decade has bought Satoshi and plans to rebrand her Ambience. But before they do, how about a quick recap of the vessel's colourful history? Built in 1991, the ship was officially christened Regal Princess by former UK Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher. The Regal Princess spent many years cruising around North America, also taking in Australia, the Mediterranean and the Baltics. But after several failed deals, she was offloaded to P&O Cruises and renamed Pacific Dawn. Then in 2009, she docked in Sydney Harbour where disaster struck when, after barely 24 hours, 14 passengers tested positive for swine flu, the first known cases in Australia's largest city. The ship actually ranked 14 for swine flu cases globally at the time, ahead of Hong Kong, mainland China, New Zealand and Brazil. But you can't keep a good ship down and she was soon on her way again, cruising the globe without incident for a decade before being caught up in the global COVID-19 pandemic. P&O promptly took the opportunity to sell the ship to Panama-based Ocean Builders and she was renamed Satoshi. In the 1990s, long before Ocean Builders, the company's chief exec, Grant Romond, worked on the Freedom Ship Project, a proposed mile-long cruise ship city, population 40,000 and with a runway on the roof. 
It didn't take off. But with this experience under his belt, Roman joined forces with American Bitcoin trader and seasteading enthusiast Chad Elwatowski to found Ocean Builders in 2019. Based in Panama, the pair worked together to hammer out the logistics. The shipbound crypto coterie was intended to be managed by Viva Vivas, short for Viva Ut Vivas, Latin for live so that you may live, a company also run by Elwatowski. Google classifies Viva Vivas as a love hotel and their website, which is still functioning by a stroke of luck, gives a wonderful insight into the duo's priorities. Instead of short-stay hotel rooms, Satoshi would boast apartments and offices. Essentially, passengers would be inhabitants living in a crypto-friendly community on open seas beyond jurisdiction. The duo forgot one thing, however, namely that it's pretty difficult to ensure a floating steel island, and so it had to go, and they sold it for scrap. Which brings us up to date. Let's hope the ambiance finds herself some calmer waters in which to live out her days. And that's your lot. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode and we realise that there's only so much we can cover in just under 10 minutes. So if you want more of the stories that matter, then check out Protoss.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Protoss podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or any other major podcast provider for more weekly roundups. We'll be back next week. See you then.